Steve Jobs once said, we're here to put a dent in the universe. Well, FinTech has certainly put a dent in the financial services industry over the past few years. This podcast series focuses on the story of those individuals who took Jobs' advice, the dent makers, if you will. This is the FinTech Five. Okay, I'm actually in London. I'm hiding in like a mini kitchen. This is the coolest thing at the Hilton by Tower Bridge. And I'm with Lita Glyptus. Said that right. You did say that right. All right, that's awesome. Which is funny because you're expecting a Greek accent. And that, I'm just not picking up a Greek accent. But you were born in Athens, right? I was born and raised in Athens, yes. How is that? That is not a Greek accent. That can't be. I was born and raised in Athens. Okay, now we're a Greek accent. All right. And and what are you doing right now? What's your role? So I am a director um, for Sapient in the global markets business, working on digitization and transformation, mostly with banking clients, although occasionally with other FS and or utilities who are facing the same questions. I have to do a lot. I have little time to do it in. Um, I have... I have a lot of stuff I'm carrying by way of legacy and assumptions and behaviors, and I don't see a way for my current business model to stay profitable. Can this digital thing help me? So you just summed up like a million things in 20 seconds, which was really good, because I was going to ask you, what's the biggest thing they don't get? So out of those, what do you think the biggest challenges in this day and age for your clients? So um, it's not the thing they don't get. It's the thing that is emotionally extremely hard to to work through, and that is... Um, the, the way you got good and the things you got good at and the things that make you deserving of the corner office are increasingly irrelevant, not because you're not good at them or because they're not good, but the market has moved on. So, you know, we've moved from a knowledge economy where you, you learn things and you become a de- deep specialist in a thing to a learning economy where actually the people who are capable of absorbing new knowledge fast and interpreting it um, on the fly are better positioned to uh, to move in a sort of real-time data world. Um, we're also um, moving into eras of new economic models. Sharing wasn't a thing, um, especially for banks. Whereas now we're looking at platform economics and we spent some time today talking about um, APIs. It's not building them that's hard, it's monetizing them. How do you create an ecosystem where everyone shares not just footfall, but benefits. So the behaviors and the skill sets um, that you need are not necessarily things that have been cultivated. So you have people who spent their entire career getting somewhere, and now you tell them, you know the thing you've been building, you need a new thing. Yeah, there's a fantastic quote, and I should remember who said it, which it was, the newest requirement you need to have is to be able to learn and unlearn rapidly. And I agree completely because technology and business models are changing so fast that you have to be able to pivot to them. So let's talk about this panel because I lost my mind at this panel. And I was, I was being interviewed by David Brer yesterday and he told me I have this reputation of being the nicest guy in fintech. I think I blew that today because I lost my mind. On the panel you were on, um, and, and it was, you know, the panel makeup was fine, but there was one person that was from a very large bank. I won't name them or shame them. But the individual made the comment that banks have done a pretty good job and, and are well down the path of addressing their architecture. And my head exploded in the back of the room. And you didn't lose it. I could not believe it. So are you of the mind that that banks have done a I can't stop laughing? Um, would you care to address that comment? I, I, I feel like I need to explain why I didn't lose it first. Um, because I did, I did see you at the end of the room and I thought, ah. Oh. 
I wish I was sitting next to you and not up here. Um, I didn't lose it for a couple of reasons. Uh, one was the theme of my um, interjections throughout the panel, yeah. which on, on quite a few occasions fell on deaf ears. So for that um, alone, thank you for being there. You use, you use the word change, uh, transform, new, over and over and over again. I don't think anybody picked up on that. And, and that's about it, right? So, so the question, are you transforming your systems, um, needs to be contextualized because chances are he didn't just say what his corporate communications department told him to. He probably believes in the truth of the answer. And if you break it down and ask it differently, he probably answered truthfully for at least two or three permutations of that question. Are you fully au fait with the requirements of the new regulation across the board and the technical changes you need to make to be compliant? Yes. Are you on a roadmap to fulfilling those? Yes. Are you on a roadmap to being weaponized and ready to go into a future where your current business model is not relevant, but you're still providing relevant services for your customers? No, because I haven't thought about that yet. So I think had the question been broken down into two things, regulation compliance chapter one and regulation complying with the spirit of the law, then we would have two different um, sets of answers. But we didn't go there. So you politely said he's not full of shit, but I, I will because I'm going there. I just can't help myself. Um, <laughs> all right. So we're down to the last minute. This is rapid fire. Um, I'm going to ask you a question just off the top of your head. Go with it and ignore the refrigerator that just came on behind me because it's incredibly loud. must have a Mercedes engine in it. Um, when I interviewed you before, you talked about your mother and the influence she had in your life. So I'm giving you a chance to give her a great shout out here. Why was your mom so important to you and where you are today? <laughs> my mom is it. awesome. Come she on. does. She does. My, my mom is awesome. I'm a fan. I'm glad that you're a fan too. Um, my mother um, was very limited in the uh, opportunities she had. And looking back on her life, she made the most of them, and yet she doesn't think she did. Um, and she was hungry for me in a way that was actually, um, I mean, undeniably came with pressure, right? I would be lying if I told you that she was a, a laid-back mother. She wasn't. But she created such an urgency about life and such a plausibility about everything. Um, and it's actually a very good combination. Nothing felt too big, too far, but you had to be doing something about it now. In fact, yesterday. Now is too late, but you might as well try. And the combination of not making anything feel like a, a sacred cow and amazing urgency that everything is urgent, everything is on fire, everything is now, meant that um, I never... I never paused and there was always something on the go. It's actually fundamentally one of the reasons why I've stuck around in banking, even though it frustrates me so much, because I feel like I'm on a mission to save it from itself because there is so much opportunity. Nothing is out of reach. You have customers, you have data, you have resources, you have very clever people. There is no urgency anymore. So, so no excuses, people. All right. I feel motivated now. I feel better. All right. I, you, you made me settle down. Um, where can we learn more about you, the work you're doing? And if we want to follow you, what's the best thing to do? So it's at Lita Glyptis uh, on Twitter. You'll um, see a lot of the publications. I work on a lot of the um, thought leadership positions I, um, I tend to put out there and work with clients on um, that or, or LinkedIn. But I tend to be more active on Twitter. Yeah, I think we all do. All right. Well, thank you so much for the time. 